morning, good morning, good morning, you guys. We're going to try this one more time. This is Arthur Perley Marvel, Biblical Principles for Inner Healing. I'm on my um, podcast. I'm also on my Facebook Live page. I was trying to go live on YouTube, couldn't get it to go through for right now. Um, but in the meantime, we're, we're going to move on and move forward anyways, right? You guys share, like, hit that subscribe button so when I come on, you'll know. You'll get notifications that I'm here. Um, I just woke up this morning where the Lord woke me up. Because how many of you know we don't wake up on our own? <laughs> we got up because Christ woke us up. The Lord, our Abba Father, woke us up. That's the only reason um, we got up is because God woke us up. So on that note, Father, I'm going to give you praise, glory, and honor. My, my topic today, I'm not going to be here uh, about a second, a minute, or a moment, but it's going to be, um, what does it mean to love God? You know, we say that for some, it's going to be a message of praise and worship, and then for some, I pray that it's a message of conviction, right? Because the Holy Spirit does not come to condemn, but to convict us, to convince us, and and uh, my prayer is, what does it mean to love God? What does it mean? We're going to talk about it from the Bible, uh, from the Lord Jesus Christ, from the word of the Lord, not from our opinions. But um, I always tell people the way I can measure my love for God uh, by my obedience to God. That's how, because it's not a feeling. My, It's not a feeling. It's actually a, an action. You know, we say uh, love really is an action word and our actions speak louder than our words, right? Someone's telling you that they love you, but then their actions are contrary uh, to what um, love is, then that means that we don't love them. There's no condemnation because we're all growing from faith to faith and glory to glory, right? We're growing. We're growing in our love relationship um, with the Lord, just like we grow in our love relationship with each other, right? Okay, so... um. We're getting ready to, we're getting ready to start here in a second. We're getting ready to start here in one second. So what does it mean to love God? What does it mean to love God? What does it mean to love God? We're going to go, like I said, we're going to take it from the word of God. We're not going to make up our own stuff and our own opinions. So let's just get it from his mouth. Oh, almost canceled. Let's get it from his mouth directly. What does it mean to love God? What does it mean to love God according to the word of God? Well, Father, we just thank you for being in the midst of us, for being amongst us, Lord God. We thank you uh, for waking us up this morning, Father. We give you honor. We give you glory. And of course, we all praise go to you, our Abba Father. Um, Holy Spirit, Father, we ask the Holy Spirit to teach us as I open my mouth that you would just speak directly through me in Jesus' name and to us, that you will speak to us. Father, we hunger and thirst after righteousness and we ask that you just fill us, fill us up overflowing. We thank you for a rhema word, a rhema word, a rhema word in Jesus' name. Um, we pray, amen, amen. So what does it mean to love God? Let's go to the word of God, right? We're gonna cover a few scriptures here. Um, we know one thing Jesus said, if the way we can measure our love for God, there's no condemnation because once again, you know, we're growing in, from faith to faith and, and from glory to glory. So it just gives us a chance to um, just kind of see where we're at. And, and um, so we can just grow in our 
uh, our faith in God because you can't love you can't have you can't love someone you really don't know right it's hard to trust someone you don't know so when we don't have faith in God we're not going to be able to trust God and when we're not trusting God um, we're not going to be able to be obedient to God right uh, without faith it's impossible to please God right it's impossible to please a God that you don't know it's impossible to pl- have faith in a God that you can't you don't um, believe in to, to um when you, when you have faith in someone, um, you have confidence in them, right? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the, uh, now faith is, faith is the evidence or the, com- the ev- confidence or the evidence. Faith is the substance of, let me go to Hebrews. <laughs> let's, let's go to Hebrews. Faith is the substance, the, the evidence of things hoped for, right? Let's go to it. Hebrews 11, 1 through 6. New King James Version say, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Right? It's the evidence of things not seen. For it is the, for, for by it the elders obtain a good testimony. By faith we understand that the, world's, the world was framed by the words of God. So that the things which are seen, they was not made of things which are visible. Right, he called it into existence. The, the, before, when he said "light be," that's when light be. That's when light was, and this is the same with us. We have power in our tongue. Life and death is in the power of our tongue. As he is, so are we in this world, right? So, how do we know if we love God? <clears throat> Well, let's just go to the Word of God. There's no condemnation because we're growing from faith to faith and glory to glory, right? Jesus is going to tell us how we know if we love him because he says, um, if you love me, then obey me, right? If you love me, then obey me. Then keep my commands, right? One translation say, keep my commandments, right? We, um, um, <clears throat> so... What we're saying here, because nobody knows everything, so let's let's teach it in balance, right? In other words, what I know to do good, the word of the Lord said that him, he that knoweth to do good and do it not for him, it's sin, right? So when I know better, the Lord is telling me, okay, well then you're responsible. Now that you know better, you're responsible for doing what you know. This is why he didn't want Adam and Eve to eat. Because he said, when you do, the day that you do, your eyes are going to be open and you're going to be knowing good from evil. And I don't want you to be responsible for that. But now that you know good from evil, we are accountable for what we know. So Jesus tells us in John 14, 15 um, through 31. Let me get another translation here. He says, if you love me, you will obey my commands. He said, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper. He will stay with you forever. But Jesus is saying, if you love me, the way I prove my love to God is by my obedience to God. It's, it's the way we prove our love to God. The way we prove our love to God is by our obedience to God, right? So the things that I know to do, I'm responsible for that. Okay. He that know it to do good and do it not to him is sin. Okay. We even know in the natural, if someone says that they love us, that their behavior should be respectful. It should be kind. It should be gentle. It should be long-suffering. You can't tell me you love me if you beat me up every day. That's not love. Love is really an action word. It's not all you just telling me. We got that phileo love. We're not talking about the human love, the emotional kind of love. 
we're talking about God's kind of love in Corinthians 13. Love is patient, love is kind, love is gentle, love is long-suffering, love thinketh no evil. Um, we're talking about God's kind of love. We're talking about the love of God that tells the truth because the word of the Lord said, faithful are the wounds of a friend, but deceitful is the kiss of an enemy. So that means um, when you love someone, you tell them the truth. Why? Because you care about them. It's not to crush them or to break them, but it's to uh, help to restore someone. You know, I, I always tell this story about how one time I was in a, 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 a this cash checking place and my mom, we had just finished, left the track and my mom was in the car with me. And I, I had a hole in my pants. I didn't know I had a hole in my pants. And I'm in this check cash in place. I'm bent all over asking this lady questions and stuff. <laughs> it's a long line of people there. <laughs> when I came outside, my mom said, Pearl, do you know you got a, you got a hole in the back of your pants? <laughs> now I had all these people standing in line behind me but people who don't care about you they're not going to talk to you they're not going to tell you the truth they're not they will talk about you they probably even told a few other people look she got that hole in her pants why because i didn't have any friends in there not they i didn't have any friends you see what i'm saying and how many you don't have to know someone to love someone when you got the love of god in your heart you can love a stranger I'm talking about the love of God. I'm not talking about the human kind of love. I'm talking about the agape kind of love. The love that's not based upon what you do for me or what I do for you. That's that's not the kind of love. When you have the love of God, you can you can do good to people who do evil to you. Um, because it's the love that's in you. Your it's not their love. It's not your love is not based upon what they say or do. Your love is based upon the, the love that God has put inside of you, right? Because thank God, um, when we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. I'm glad that He don't just dismiss me when I miss it, but He will correct me. Why does God correct us? The word of the Lord says he chastised those that he loved. And those who are without chastisement are bastards. Um, because when we don't feel the conviction of God, um, that means we're not a child of God. When we don't feel the conviction of God, that's what that means. He said they who are without chastisement. Because when we can, um, every time we don't do what God say, we harden our heart. The word of the Lord said, harden not your heart. Don't harden your heart. It puts us in a state of rebellion. But Jesus tells us here, he says, if you love me, then then you need to, you know, prove it. Prove it. If you love me, then obey me. So my, my love for God comes out of, once again, my obedience to God. Those things that I know to do. When I know to do good, the word of the Lord said, he that knoweth to do good and do it not, for him is sin. Why? Because now I'm responsible for what I know. Why, why did all... Uh, so I'm, I'm just going to leave it right there for right now. So the way I prove my love to God is not by what I feel in my heart, not that emotional stuff, but it's an action word. The same way you say you love me and I, you know, I'm looking for some actions. There should be some corresponding actions if you say you love me, right? So... Um, is the same way with God. God says he loves us and he proved his love. It was because God so loved, see, because love is an action word. <laughs> I'm not talking about this human filet flaky stuff. 
It was because God so loved, John 3, 16 tells us, that he gave, and, and see, love will cause you, it causes you to do something because it's an action word. God didn't just say he loved us, he proved it. Because when we were yet sinners, the word of the Lord says Christ still died for the ungodly. So God proved his love for us by giving his only son, Jesus Christ, to die for us. So I'm like, okay, well, you prove your love to me by allowing your son to die for me. And I prove my love to you by being obedient to you and uh, honoring your son who died for me. So my obedience to God measures my love for God. That's how I measure myself. If we judge ourselves, we want to be judged, right? I, we judge ourselves according to the word of God, not according not according to each other. Because comparing yourself unto yourself, that's not wise. So the word of the Lord says that God is love. Okay? This means that God, that's who he is. Like I say, I'm a woman. That's who I am, Right? God is love. So I think that we confuse the fact that God loves us. Um, and, and, and love is choice. It's not force. So because God does not override our will, I think sometimes we confuse that with God being okay with what we want. But see, love is choice. And love is not force because love is not manipulation. Love is not control. Okay. Everything, if everything in a, everything in your life has to be perfect and everybody in your life has to do what you want them to do for, so you can be happy, that's a control issue. Um, we're not going to be able to control everything and everybody around us. We're not called to control people. We're called to control atmospheres. We're called to control principalities and powers and the animals and the you know, things like that. That's what he gave us dominion and power over. He did not give us dominion and power over other people's will to manipulate. Manipulation is a form of witchcraft. Anything that tries to turn your will is a form of witchcraft. Anything that tries to manipulate your will, crying, fits of rages, all this kind of stuff, that's manipulation. Why? Why is people doing all this stuff? Because they're trying to get their way. They're trying to get what they want. And James tells us, James 3 says, is it, you know, where's all this fussing, cussing, and fighting coming from? Is it not coming from your own evil desires that's within you? That's, you're not getting what you want. So when you feel that anger and all that stuff come up, first thing I do is say, okay, so what is that I want? Because that's where this anger is coming from. When our flesh don't get what it wants, it gets angry. The flesh is opposite to who God is. It's an enmity against God, Romans tells us. It's opposite to who God is. It's opposite to how God is. So what does it mean to love God? Simple. He says, if you, if you love me, keep my commands. John 14, 15. So we measure our love to God by our obedience to God. So God and his word is one. So we, if we don't know the word of God, we don't know God. God and his word is one. God and his word is one. God and his word is one. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. Um, the word became flesh and it dwelt among men. Right? God and his word is one. Do you hear me? God and his word is one. So when we're spending time with God, we're spending time with his word. When we're spending time in prayer, we're spending time with God, right? 
God and his word is one. God and his word is one. God and his word is one. God is love. That's who he is. Okay, so don't, let us not confuse the fact that God allows us to have our, to do what we want as that being his will. Because love is choice, it's not force, and he will not override our will. So he, Jesus also says, so we see the love of God is uh, John 14 and 15, right? Jesus also says that he who does not love does not know God. Right? He who does not love does not know God. He who does not love does not know God. Right? That's first John 4 and 8. First John 4 and 8 says, Whoever does not love does not know God. Whoever does not love does not know God. So why does he say this? Because God is love. And and when we don't have the love of God, let's not confuse the love of God with the love of the world because the love of God is not the same as the love of the world. He said, matter of fact, he said, love not the world nor the things that are in the world. Because when we love the world, um, 1 John tells us, I think it's 1 John 4, I'm not sure to go and look it up. But when we love the world, it causes us not to have love for the Father. What is the love of the world? The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. When we fall in love with the lusting after the things of this world, um, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, coveting and chasing after the things of this world and being boastful and prideful in ourselves and our achievements and our ability and not his ability, that's when we've fallen in love with the love of the world. Those are the things. Those are the three temptations of Christ. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And we find that over in the book of Matthews when Jesus was being tempted uh, after he had fasted 40 days. I think it's Matthews 18. After he had fasted for 40 days, here comes the devil trying to tempt him. What was the three things he tried to tempt him with? The lust of the flesh. Try to, uh, with food. You trying to get him to eat bread. Jesus said, man shall not uh, live by bread alone, but by every word that proceed out of the mouth of God. In other words, this, nat- this natural food is not enough to sustain me. I have to live by the word of God. That's what's going to sustain me, not just this physical food. We need physical food, but man should not live just by bread alone, by natural uh, food, by his own natural strength, by his own natural ability. But we, especially as, as believers, we're called to live by the word of the Lord. So first John 4 and 3, um, the question I'm asking is, uh, what does what do you mean when you say you love God? What does it mean to love God? People say, I'm going to be, when I got saved as a baby Christian, I, I had a Damascus Street experience. I encountered him. It was this, as if I could physically feel myself falling in his arms. The first thing I experienced was the love of God. Because the devil had told me, he convinced me that God did not love me. He had, my idea of God was this big cloud in the sky. And every time I messed up, he had a gavelin. I only saw him as a judge. I didn't know him. I didn't know that he loved me. So that was one of the first things I told people when I accepted Christ is that God loves us and he's not mad at us. He, 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 he hates sin because it separates us, but he don't hate us. God loves people. It was for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, right? So when people die and go to hell, it's not where 
God sent anyone to hell. It's because when we refuse to accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, that's what sends us there. Jesus Christ is the only way. He is the only truth and he is the only life. And no man can come unto the Father except by him, except through him. And then when we try to come any other way, he said that makes us a thief and a robber. Right? We have to come through the uh, uh, in the name of Jesus. We have to be washed and cleansed by the blood of Jesus because he redeemed us. He paid a price. He became the living sacrifice. He paid the price um, that we could not pay. Right? A man by one man's disobedience, Adam, we was all made sinners by one man's obedience, the word of the Lord says, Jesus Christ, we was all made righteous. We we was put in right standings with God because Jesus Christ paid the price and he's now sitting at the right hand side of the Father making intercessions on our behalf with the blood right there on the mercy seat saying listen here there's proof of purchase this is my proof of purchase this is my proof of purchase he's got his receipt he's sitting at the right hand side of the Father making intercessions on our behalf anyone who does not love does not know God why? It says, because God is love. First John 4, 8 tells us God is love. This is who he is. There's For God not to love us, he would have to deny himself because God is love. It, it's, not that ju- it's not just that God loves us, but love is who he is. So how do we know what does it mean to love God? To love, when we say we love God, to love God means that we are you know, obedient to him. When we are, um, it's a difference in ignorance because nobody knows everything, right? We're growing from faith to faith. We're growing in our relationship with Christ. But at, when we love someone, just like in the natural, when you love someone, you love your spouse or whatever, you, you want that relationship to grow closer. You don't want to uh, grow apart in your marriage with your spouse or friendships or whatever you want it to grow closer and why because you when you love someone that's what it's going to do it's going to draw you closer so when we love the lord as uh, as we grow in our faith we have to spend time with the word of god the same way we have because god and his word is one right we have to spend time in prayer and fellowship and praise and worship in his presence right because delight yourself in the lord to delight means to take pleasure in. We have to delight ourselves in the Lord. Entertain Him, worship Him, praise Him, spend time with Him. Because if we don't, we're, our relationship, just like in the natural, will begin to grow cold if we don't spend time with our spouse and others. That's the same way our love relationship with the Lord will begin to grow cold. Because when the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches come in, it will steal our focus. When we become distracted, it takes us away from the presence of God. This is why fellowship is so important. Because when you're fellowshipping, you're, ta- you're, you're entertaining him, you're talking about him. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together, right? Not just on Sunday, but fellowship is very, we need to fellowship. Where two or three are joined together, the word of the Lord says, there I am in the midst of us. We have to make time. It's not that we don't have time because God has given us all time. We have to make time. We have to make God our number one priority. Some of us have our spouses. We I used to get up at four in the morning um, 
ask my husband, you want breakfast? Um, you see what I'm saying? The same way we prioritize people, we are going to have to prioritize Jesus. Delighten ourselves. Lord, early, early will I seek you, Lord. So the way we measure our love for God is by our obedience to God. Rebellion is equal to the sin of witchcraft. So what does that look like? Well, he told King Saul, he said, listen, Saul, I need you to go in and kill everything. Slaughter everything, kill everything. But Saul, he decided he was going to do things his way. And he kept some of the good sheep. And he wanted to take take his sin and make it a sacrifice to God. Saying, here, God, I'm, you know my heart. I know I'm not doing what you told me to do. right? I know I'm not doing what you told me to do. But you know my heart. Well, yeah, I'm telling you, I know your heart. This is what it's saying. You are being rebellious. The Lord said to King Saul, he said, listen here, rebellion is equal to the sin of witchcraft. Because when we exercise our will above God's will, what we're saying is, Lord, I don't care what you say. See, rebellion and ignorance is two different things. Rebellion says, Lord, I know what you say, but I'm going to do what I want. I don't care what you say. It's stiff neck. There's no condemnation, right? Because this is a teachable moment. This is my prayer is, um, Lord, that you will cause conviction to rest upon us or praise because he knows what we know, right? Every time we learn something from the word or he reveals something to us, we are responsible for what we know. We are responsible for that. We are responsible for what we know. So 1 John 4 and 8 says, whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. But let's go on to 1 John 4 and 9. Because whoever do love, 1 John 4 and 9, 1 John 4 and 9 says, in this the love of God was manifest towards us. That God has sent his only begotten son, Jesus, into in the world that we might live through him. Right? That's how the love of God. God manifested his love to, through, to us. For God so loved the world that he gave. It was because he loved that he gave. See, love is giving. It was because God so loved that he gave. It caused him to do something. Because God so loved you, because God so loved me, it caused him to want to do something right? For God so loved the world. So Jesus, God gave us life so we could live his kind of life, not our own life. He sacrificed his life. And so Jesus came to make disciples. So basically he mentored them. You know, this is what the world would call a mentor. He was their mentor. He was here to multiply himself in the earth through others by teaching us and giving us the power to become sons of God, to live like Christ lived, right? When we fall down, we get back up because we do love him and we're not perfect. So when we do sin, we just repent because we have an advocate with the Father, believe that we've already been forgiven, get up and move on. Get up and move on. Get up and move forward. Get up. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. He said not guilty because Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. He who knew no sin became sin so that we could be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And when we love God for real, we're not 
out here sinning on purpose. Because um, those who uh, have accepted Christ, they're dead to sin. They're dead to sin. They're not out here trying to figure out a way to do, well, what can I get away with? No. Dead men don't sin. Dead men don't sin. Dead men don't sin. I'm talking about spiritually. When we when we walk in the spirit, the word of the Lord in Romans tells us that we won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. When we walk in obedience to God, we walk in rebellion towards the devil. How about that? I always say, let's rebel against hell. If we're going to rebel against... When we know, when God convicts us of something and we... You know, um, we're quick to repent. Lord, you know, he he, uh, he sent, was it Nathan to David to tell him about what he did to uh, Bathsheba's husband? And David was quick to repent. It wasn't because David was perfect that God said he was after his own heart. It was because David was repentant. When David would get caught in something, he would, he would confess. He would repent, right? He wouldn't sit there and make, make excuses. For what he did how many know sin is very deceitful and sin is very deceptive because the, the greatest deception i always say is self-deception when you think that we're, when we think that we're right and we're wrong that's the great that's when god gotta send somebody else in sometimes he gotta send him he gotta send some people in he gotta send some prophecy and he gotta send some people into our lives so we can wake up and see what, where we are, how the devil has deceived us, how the devil has bewitched us. The Apostle Paul says, who has bewitched you? You know, if any man come to you bearing any other doctrine, let that person be accursed. I'm getting ready to end it here in a minute. But how do we know that we love God? Jesus said, if you love me, then keep my commands. If you love me, if you love me, there, God don't understand when we're being rebellious. All he understands is like he told King Saul, and we in a better covenant because they're the spirit of God. He, he, they, they had to come into a temple to meet him or he only mostly spoke to prophets. But listen, and kings, but listen, 